And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. This is your host, Kristen, and I cannot wait for you to hear today's conversation. We are going to talk about how do you step into full freedom for yourself? How do you build a business that's on your terms? How do you build a business and and get help in the areas of your personal and business life that you don't want to be doing so that you can focus on the work you're passionate about in time with people you love? So take a listen. I think you'll be both inspired and love all of the information you can apply to your own life. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Sky Barber. She's an international business coach. She's a best-selling author. She is the podcast host of the new podcast, Full Freedom for Entrepreneurs. She is a farmer's wife and a mummy of two boys from the UK. Welcome, Sky. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I can't wait to have this conversation with you because we both so much align on helping um, women, business entrepreneurs really build their businesses so that it can support them financially and have the flexibility of freedom of time and you know what they do and also be there for their families. And I love that we, you know, we want to help women in that way. And then I also love that we just, you know, we want to help empower them to realize that we can work a little bit less, still be financially um, successful, and also be a wonderful mom and wife and friend and all those things. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Yeah, so am I. And actually, when when you get two people who have very similar values, and it's important the same thing, I love bouncing ideas off. So I think it's going to be a really great conversation with you, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Sky, can you start off with telling us a little bit about your journey and how you got into what you're doing now and like your life as a mom and a business owner and a wife? So my life now helping multi-six, seven, even eight-figure entrepreneurs in business, being able to like create time for themselves with systems and support is something I had always wanted to do. I'd always wanted to get into the leadership space when I knew I wanted to start a business. But honestly, it's taken me a bit of a swivelly path to get here. It's not been on these like straight road. So if I go back to a point where I was headhunted from university into my corporate job, and in my mind, I always knew I wanted to have my own business. I was really fortunate to have entrepreneurial parents But like a lot of entrepreneurs, they worked a huge amount of time and encouraged me not to start a business and to get a proper job. So (laughs) in I was at um, a British company called Waitrose, which is a supermarkets, very, very premium British brand. I was in there working in retails, running large teams, and I was very quickly promoted up through the ladder. And I loved it because it was like running my own business within a business. And I had staff of 250 people and it was, you know, I saw so many customers and it was really great fun. I could get involved in all sorts of different projects, but I had a burning desire still to do something for myself. The problem was I was so comfortable in my job. The pay was good. It was well-respected. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't have that pain point to like take the quote uncomfortable steps. Some people think Mm -hmm. to go into my business and everyone around me was discouraging me because I had things so good. 
the thing I knew though, I was just recently engaged and about to be married is that I hope to have a family and my husband is an entrepreneur and a farmer. And I knew that if I wanted to be present for our children, it would need to be me. And I couldn't see how it would work around a retail job. Whilst my job hours and shifts in retail were flexible because I had weekends and days off in the week, it was a 24-7 operation. It never switched off and it was full on. And I was thinking, well, if I'm full on in this job, I might as well be full on in my business and at least have choice and have control Mm -hmm. and not have limitations. And you know, I went into wanting my own business for flexibility and freedom, which I know resonates with so many people. So I took the leap. I handed in my notice, having experimented with a few random ideas in like hospitality and just alongside my job so that I knew I could make money as well as have a job. And I quit. And immediately I quit. I fell pregnant, which wasn't quite planned quite so quickly, but you know, a really <laughs> joyous time. And I remember my dad saying to me, I don't think this is a good idea, Sky." I was like, which bit? He's like, quitting the job, starting a business and having a baby. And I was like, well, I'm three months pregnant. I've quit my job and I'm starting a business. So this advice really isn't helpful right now. <laughs> and so I spent that first six months having being pregnant and experimenting with different ideas and having had a like a trial in like hospitality businesses and starting different things. I knew I wanted a coaching consulting business. The problem was imposter syndrome told me I wasn't good enough and I wasn't ready enough. Mm -hmm. I had some challenges with my son. He was born nine weeks premature. So my, my eye went off the ball with business, but I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And all this time I was feeling the suffering pressure of the financial pressure of I was living off a savings nest egg for Mm -hmm. my maternity leave. And at this point, I didn't have a consistent business that I was even confident in the direction of. So when I, he was little, I just, oh, you know, a few couple of months old and out of hospital, I was like, right, I need to create a business because I want freedom. I want financial independence. And I also am not going to be a stay at home mom. Like it just, I love my children, but it's just not me. Yep. So I needed to do something for myself. And that was business. It was my lifeline. And I went all in and decided, right, this is time. I'm going to go for uh, the leadership space because I'm good with teams and I saw the need. Mm-hmm. And I started and it wasn't like a smooth road, but ultimately over time, I went to grow a multi six-figure business with hundreds of happy clients moving into group and digital products as well. And even though I still have that little nagging voice that comes up from time to time, I'm really thrilled to do things like having taken six weeks maternity leave, completely blackout from the business last year and having our best period ever, you know, totally pivoting again with COVID with the business, with our client base. And I'm just, as of yesterday, launched a top 10 um, podcast in the UK, which is just thrilling, thrilling. So I look, I sat in here and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've achieved so much. But that person three years ago who was starting this business she had a dream of choice and of freedom and of flexibility. She wasn't quite sure how she was going to get there. And she was definitely full of a lot of nerves and um, challenges in my mindset. But over time and failing and learning and taking the steps, um, that's exactly what I've created myself. And I had, a, I had a goal to be able to send. The reason I wanted my, to do my, uh, this business is because I really want to send our children to um, private education here in the UK. And it's a significant investment. And we've just signed my son up to school when he starts in September. And 
when I do things like that, I'm like, oh, every moment that it was challenging, this is so worth it. Every nursery nativity I can go to, every every choice I have now in my life is because of the business I have built. And I'm I'm actually immensely proud of that. Oh, you should be. That's amazing. And what first of all, I love that there really are so many women. I mean, there's been women in business for a very long time. My mom's owned her own business, different types of businesses um, for many, many years. I mean, since I was at least in middle school or high school. So, of course, I've seen women who had businesses. But now the impact in the amount of money so many women are making now. I mean, it's the the amounts are much greater than, you know, back when my mom had her business. You know, it wasn't an online with with the digital space and online businesses and getting clients that way. There's so many women, there's so many examples. And what I love about that is one, you're that example and two, you're obviously helping women, you know, do the same or, you know, grow or scale their businesses. But there's so many other examples of it. And I love that because I think one of the challenges with people, if they haven't started a business yet, is that they're, they may not see the possibility for themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't really see that future yet. Right. And what you realize is I don't want the future that I had when I was working this great, lovely job in retail because it didn't align with the life you were going into, right? The, of yeah. Being married and having children. And, but you, so what happened is you had to have the vision or at least the idea that like, I could have a future that looks different. And then you were able to build that and you're will you were willing to put in the time or the unsure moments and all that, because mm-hmm. you knew that that's what you were trying to get at, right? It's a lot easier once you kind of have clarity on what it is you want. And you were able to get to that point, you know, before you had your first child. Absolutely. And, and that vision, like I used to always think I don't have clarity, but I've clarity. I did. You don't need to know the intricate details. You don't need to know how you're going to get there either, but having that goal, Mm -hmm. that aim, and it was, I could see myself, I could see myself saying yes to anything the boys wanted to do around like their own activities. I wanted Mm -hmm. to say, yeah, I don't want to have to go and ask a boss for permission. I didn't want to have to wait to see whether I'm going to get a pay rise or not to be able to better myself financially. I didn't want to feel like I needed to be superwoman. And and the part of the story that I actually missed out was towards the end of my corporate career, I was working so hard for this role and this business. They ended up properly burning out and spending three days in hospital. And so I was thinking, this is eating my health as well as everything else. Like, what is this all for? And I would rather be in control of my own circumstance. And people say like, oh, it's really risky to start a business. Well, Yes and no. But at the end of the day, like you're only by having a job, you're putting that risk into someone else making that business work. And I could see the future for the corporate I was in. And it didn't look rosy. I could not, Mm -hmm. I could see obviously COVID and things coming around the corner, but I could see where retail was going and the online boom. And I was like, where do I fit into this? I'm ambitious. I'm talented. Do I want my boss's job? No. Do I want to stay in this job? No, I won't be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So by knowing myself, knowing what was important to me and my values and what keeps me motivated. Yeah. I had to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And whilst, you know, it did take me two and a half years to get back to, yeah, two years to get back to the financial income of my job. Right. The first two years were not like that. I now have got exponential growth ahead of me because of the foundations we've created. Yeah, I've, I'm really big on, you can create anything 
you can think of. Like if you're listening to this, let's assume, you know, we are privileged. We have the internet. We have things at our fingertips that we're able to do. And we are able to create so much. We have so much potential. However, it doesn't mean it's all beaches, laptops, sand, like, oh, this is so easy. You just send one. Right. I see a lot of that online. Like, oh, I can just make six figures like overnight. Well, right. I don't believe in that story. Um, but <laughs> right. it, can, it can be great fun on the journey. And you can, with your little speed bumps in the way, um, have a really wonderful path to live the life you choose. And as you say, Kristen, you design. That's right. Yeah. And I I like that you just talked about that because yeah, I mean, I encourage people all the time. If you don't already have a business that you like that you're scaling and growing right now and you're just considering it, or maybe you've started dabbling with a side gig. So I'm not just saying go quit your job tomorrow. If you haven't really considered the financial ramifications of that, right? Like you need to have some money set aside. So you do have a runway, right? I mean, no one's saying like, go quit your job and you don't know how you're going to pay your rent next month or your mortgage. But the point is, is I think everyone should have multiple. And if you don't yet, we should all be working multiple revenue streams. And one thing COVID taught us was that nothing is certain. Okay. And no job security is guaranteed. I mean, look how many types of industries had to close. The great news is a lot of the people that had their own businesses, especially where we were getting our clients, you know, um, we get them online, right? We get them digitally or on online space. I mean, connections, whatever. Most of those businesses, they might have had to pivot, but almost all of them had great growth or people started businesses that now they're building because they either lost their job or it no longer worked with their family situation. So I love that you said that because no, nobody's, this is not a, oh, I just started a business and tomorrow I make a million dollars. No, you have to put in the time and the work and it does take time to get the strategy and then tweak things and really get clear on your messaging, you know, but if you start, you know, even if it's just on the side, oh, let me test out, you know, that I, you know, if you want to do coaching or maybe you're starting, um, you know, a very specific business. Cause I interviewed one woman, she's a baking coach, right? Cause she's, she actually started and built a baking business. She sold right profitably. So now she helps other businesses scale quicker to make, you know, to have a profitable business. But that's an example, you know, she had already had the business, she sold it. And now she helps other people do the same, much like, you know, in our spaces, but hers is just obviously very specific to um, baking. But that's the thing I would just encourage people. Yes, it takes time and it takes work, but look at your future potential, you know, look at that future possibility that you get to call the shots, you get to set your schedule. And I'm guessing for you, do you have like, do you have short hours? Do you not work five days a week? Like, what does your schedule look like? And I'm sure you designed it that way on purpose because your family. Yeah, I do. Um, so Fridays, I take completely the day to myself. I don't even have the children though. I just use it as a, if I decide to take them riding on the farm or we'll like go and do something fun or I might go and get my nails done or do something for myself or sometimes have a bit of creative time. Yeah. It's just a rejuvenation day. I, I love, I love to work. So I have got office time between 10 and four, 10 and five, Monday to Thursday. I have client days on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And then I have team stuff on a Monday and Wednesday's more like a creation, creation time. Um, but I, sometimes I'll do a bit of work at the weekends. Like yeah. I don't, when my like what my clients, I always say there's no judgment. I have some clients who are working hundred hour weeks and they're like, just get me to 60 or 50 or 60. Yeah. And I have other clients who are working 25 hours and they're like, I just need to work 10. Like right. it doesn't matter as long as it's what you want and it's viable. 
So in my head, I have just tipped up the hours slightly um, because I've remodeled my business and I've brought in some extra home help. So I now have full-time and part-time home help, which is childcare, mm-hmm. home help, animal help, all the stuff. And then I have, because I look at the role holistically, it's like right. you as a woman, how do you want your life to be? Like, mm-hmm. Personally, I don't want to do a single bit of laundry. Honestly, right. I, just, I get it. <laughs> I just want to put it in a basket and have it dealt with. And yeah. I do not ask me to put it away, um, which sounds really, you know, very, very privileged, but I run my life this way. I'm really happy taking, I took the bins out earlier. I'm really happy doing stuff like that. But you know, there's certain things we do or don't want to do. I love the cooking, but you know, I I don't want to do, oh, I'm just trying to think of something else, like any of the cleaning or household chores. So Mm -hmm. I don't do those things. So I have designed my life and my, my, my work to be able to, to enable that to happen. So I have two people in the business, two people in the home team, and we have it as a team. We are a collective team that allows me to do the stuff like come on these amazing podcasts and launch my own podcast and do this, be a present parent in the morning and spend that time rather than cleaning the dishes and sorting out the house and sorting out lunch and pat lunches. I'm playing, we have this new Christmas game, poo bingo for my four-year-old. So we were playing (laughs) poo bingo this morning over breakfast, but you know, having quality time because it's too easy, isn't it? Just to be on phones and to be like there, but not there. And I wanted as more as much as possible while the worlds blend together to be able to have work time, to be able to have boys' time, um, as well as my own time. And that's the way I to keep my battery topped up. And I don't always get that right. Sometimes I overcommit to something. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna be superwoman and host that well, outside of COVID, 30 people for like a dinner. Um, you know, we do that, we are social yeah. people. But on the whole, my schedule works. And if it doesn't, I just move something. Right. I love that. And same, I I have Mondays and Fridays blocked off. Not that I don't do work those days, but I don't have client meetings or calls, podcast interviews. Like I just, those are days where I, I shouldn't normally have appointments. I'm not saying never, but typically my schedule is not available that someone can book those days. That's so that I can do, you know, like you said, interviews, I can do production work. I can have creative, you know, or strategy time. And then on Fridays, if I get my work done and I feel caught up for the week, I might in the summer go to the beach for the afternoon, right? Or whatever I want to do. But they're they're free so that I can get work done in the business or get things done at my house or I can go do something fun, you know? But yeah. for me, I knew if I have appointments all the way from Monday morning till Friday at the end of the day, it starts to feel overwhelming because I haven't blocked off time for different other types of, you know, work I need to get done. So- hundred percent. And I had to realize that. And same thing I had to shift because at first I had my, um, even my, for the podcast or other appointments, I had my whole calendar open during the daytime, you know? And then I started realizing people just fit in what was best for them, but it didn't end up being not best for me. And then I had to start honing back, you know, to three days. And I'm actually about to go to only two days a week that I'll even have, you know, or only certain weeks that I'll have podcast interviews or other things, because I still find all the prep work I have to do, you know, if I have, I mean, some weeks I might only have two interviews, other weeks I might have six or more. I mean, I've had one day, I've had some days where I had eight in one day, kind of like your yesterday. Oh, that, I couldn't do that every day. No, you couldn't do that every day, but I can do it on occasion, but I need to be planned for it. And there's all that prep work, but I, you know, prep work every day, then I get distracted and my focus is gets moved. Right. So I'd rather have them several blocked in one day, just so that you're in a momentum, right. You're kind of going with that process. But once again, that just means every month I reassess, 
what's working, what's not working in my schedule? What do I need to, you know, tweak, hone up, change, you know, or delegate? Um, so I like that you brought that, those examples up. That's a really important thing to do in terms of assessing your time because it's mm-hmm. too easy, isn't it? Just we get into ruts. We get, we, yeah. we, we're creatures of habit. We don't really like change that much if we're really honest. And it's very easy just to get into the rhythm of life and the days and the weeks yep. roll on. And one of the things I teach my clients to do is to be able to become really aware of the value of their time and where they're spending it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you realize like, oh my goodness, I'm getting sucked down the social media scrolling vortex for half an hour in my morning. Mm-hmm. Is that how I want to spend my time? Right. If yes, no judgment. If yeah. no, let's do something about it. And at that point, you can reconvene your busy schedule to work yep. for you. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about this. Where are either you or when you work with clients, like where are people getting stuck? You know, you gave a great example of time and I a hundred percent align with you. You can work with how many hours you want in your business, as long as it's working for your life and what you say your priorities are for your entire life, then that's fantastic. And most people though, like you said, need to hone a little bit. Like we need a little tweaking to kind of maybe cut back on some work hours to get the right things done and maybe do some things that we shouldn't be getting done. So how do people, systems, and processes help us do that? What are some examples and what are some things that people can apply that if maybe they haven't applied them? Okay, so I, the way I work with clients is kind of two level. There's the practical level, which is the system support and structure. And then there's the personal level, which is some of the mindset side of it and the leadership behaviors. So I'm going to first talk about just a couple of practical tips mm-hmm. so you can actually do something off the back of this podcast. The first thing, as I just kind of t- I talked about earlier, being aware of your time, do you want to just start tracking every half an hour, not what mm-hmm. your diary says, what you actually doing and start evaluating, do I want to do this task? Mm-hmm. And I talk about the three S, the triple S's. Am I going to stop doing it because it's just a waste of time? Am I going to streamline it? I need to do it, but I, that meeting didn't need to take an hour. I could have taken 45 minutes yep. or yep. half an hour. Yep. Or am I going to share it? Because it's something that needs to be done. It needs to be like a human touch, yeah. but it doesn't need to be me. So does it need to be you in your inbox? Like, And if you're getting that pull of like, oh yes, but that definitely needs to be me. I just want you to ask that question again. Does it really need to be you? And if it doesn't, and or if you're thinking, yes, it does, often it's because we think we're the only ones can do it that way. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be true if we have everything to, to edit a podcast, for example, in our heads. But if we had a system in place, mm-hmm. if we had the processes that underpin right. how to edit a, a podcast, absolutely, do we think someone else could follow it? Well, yeah, because look at chefs. They write their recipes down and people follow the recipe. We have the ingredients. We know what we got to do. We yep. have some pictures. We follow mm-hmm. the steps. Is it perfect first time? Probably not. But with some practice and some feedback, we can improve. So that's why your systems and processes are so important. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really like writing things down. I'm not really a systems kind of person, but I know the importance of them. That's right. Because it means you can delegate what's in your head. And when you can do that, someone's got half a chance of doing a good job. So rather than bringing in a VA, expecting them to read your mind and then wonder why they've fallen at the first (laughs) hurdle. That's right. I would love you to reflect and think, well, what am I doing to set this person up for success? Yep. How can I do a better job in integrating them into my world, sharing with them what I actually want them to do, setting that standard, and then communicating with them? 
yep. where on earth they are, are in that standard. So these are kind of some of the practical things I do with clients, real clarity over what their roles should be, what the roles of the people should be, and how do we how do we really be a business? Stop thinking of it in post-it notes and actually, and it can just easily be mapping out what your systems are, like deciding on yeah. a Monday, I do podcasts on yeah. a Tuesday. This is what we do. And it's amazing how just doing that can make mm-hmm. you feel differently. However, the biggest hurdle I then see is people know how to do this. And I'm saying this because this is also myself. I used to do all this in corporate. I came into my own right. business and I still overworked doing all <laughs> of the things. Yeah. I recognized there were four themes that kept coming up for people who really wanted this life of freedom. And yet they were trapped into a cage of their to-do lists of paperwork, just piling up. And the four themes came up and I've called these the freedom blocks. So there's the responsibility block. So that's where you care about everyone else so much. And you feel so responsible. Typically, if you're in like the done for you services, that you put everyone else's needs before your own. And so mm-hmm. what you want and what matters to you comes right to the bottom of the pile and you feel this weight of everyone else's things on your list. And so you stay mm-hmm. busy and looking after everyone else and you lose focus on what that vision and direction is to your business. Mm-hmm. So it keeps you firefighting and busy. The second block is the critical block, that, that voice that starts mm-hmm. in your head that talks to you and starts turning any positive idea you've got or motivation into all the reasons why this isn't going to work and you're going to fail. And it's why it took me three years to go from, I'm going to start a business to actually starting one. Mm -hmm. Then we've got the independence block. So this is the belief that actually I should be able to do this by myself. I should and could do all the children's things and I can, um, I don't need to accept help. And so we can be quite like, not cold, but we can close off our emotions and just be like, Mm -hmm. I've got to get it done and ultimately be quite controlling and keeps us busy. And the final yeah. one is the busy block. So this came up for me when I was like bouncing the baby with a foot, stirring dinner, listening to a podcast, trying to respond to an email, literally doing all of the things at the same time, thinking I was being ultra productive, realizing I was just keeping myself over busy. Everything was around me and I wasn't able to systemize the business to allow others in. So when I then started recognizing there was a link between mindset challenge and a practical step someone needs to take, I could see the connection. So that mm-hmm. when someone was facing one of those areas, and we often have all four, but there'll be a preference, which one that you go to, that to, in order to do the practical step, you're going to need to do some inner leadership work first. And that's mm-hmm. where I've combined my work to say like, okay, there's all very well knowing that I need to delegate, but yeah. I've got some real resistance here. Mm-hmm. And let's work through that resistance and put the practical solution in place. Yeah. It's a very uh, long-winded answer to your no, question. No, I think it's fantastic. And I so agree with you. I mean, I have so many examples of, you know, I, I actually just on a podcast a, a week ago, actually, it was a, um, a systems expert. So a little of this, you know, not, very different conversation, but we dabbled in some of that stuff. And I was giving her an example because someone I had been working with, they were frustrated because they had just hired a salesperson to do this part of the job. And they're like, but they're not doing, they're not changing the presentations and things just like I would have. Ugh. And I was like, well, what did you give them? And he's like, well, I walked them to, through it, you know, like two, two or three times. And I said, but you've been doing this for years. And I said, well, tell me, how, like, go over it with me and let me see if I can do it right. So anyways, of course, at the end, I said, let's write up, write a, a um, process, a SOP with screenshots and all the stuff, just like, you know, anybody should do with exactly what to change, exactly what 
his thinking was how to do it. So anyone should be able to pick up this document and do it at least at 85, 90% at the beginning, right? Of course you get better at things as once you get feedback and you understand that the thinking behind it. But then of course I did it. Then I had someone else in the company read it and try to do it from my directions without any verbal, you know, um, guidance. And they were pretty darn close, you know, but so it was that same example where we can be frustrated with people because we think that they're going to, like, why should they meet our expectations when we've not really trained them, right? Yes. And we haven't set them up for success, just like you talked about. And I think it's really important because even if we're not sure, should I farm this out? Is this something that I can get off my plate? You know, you were talking about like the sharing or, or also delegating. Well, the first thing to do is how, what is the, what is the process here? What is the order? You know, if it's something that has to be written up versus like there's a system, you know, or a tool that you can use. But I think that's so important because that would be the first step. Like, even if you're not sure, am I going to give this to somebody else? You know, like, well, if you were, what would you have to give them for them to do it the way you want? You know, and I think that starts also getting us shifting. Like, could I give this to somebody? How would they do it how I want it? Well, you have to give them directions, right? You have to give them, like, how would they be successful? And it's usually because you have to write something out, you know, or video something or whatever it might be. So I love that you actually talked about both of those sides of it because we all do get stuck in those places, you know, or some of those places throughout time. And we have to recognize it and then realize, oh, goodness, something needs to change. And I love how people talk about a lot of times our growth is slowed. And I've I've had this happen to me as well because we're holding on to too much. Yeah. But if we actually had given more away, like you like you say, let more people in quicker. We scale quicker because then we're working on the stuff that actually is revenue generating and that we excel at, you know, or genius at, if you will, instead of doing work that we're probably pretty good at, but we're actually wasting time or we're losing energy, right? We're losing focus or energy. So I think that's a really important key is that one pitfall can be, even if you already are building the successful business, are you stuck? Like, are you getting, are you plateaued? And usually that's because we're not letting go of something that maybe it's time to give to someone else to help us, you know, and, and you see that as well. Yeah. All the time. I talk about this ladder. So if you think mm-hmm. about a ladder and it's not about being hierarchical, but you've got a high value task. So those things are profit generating. That's stuff that only you can do or that you are just brilliant at, as you said, a genius mm-hmm. zone. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the stuff at the bottom that are kind of a bit more generalized that other people can do. And I include household stuff into this as well. Yeah. When we first had a business, we were doing everything. So we were all up and down the ladder the whole time. And the whole principle is to get you higher and further up the ladder. No one can set the vision like you can. No one can be the creative like you can. Maybe sometimes right. people can't deliver the work like you can. They can't, you know, so those are the things people connect with you on podcasts. No one can replace you physically as a person right. speaking on stage. So those are the things you need to be doing, mm-hmm. but everything else over time, as you grow, we need to learn, like, what is my process of doing things? How does it work? Hand that over to someone working and let them, let them do the next version. I can never say that word, like innovate, innovate. Is that the right word? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Innovate. Change it up and improve the system yes. you've been in. Yeah. The other thing I see quite a lot uh-huh. is people being like, oh, I can't do this. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to get someone in. So I had a conversation with someone about like lead generation and they're like, oh, I'm just going to get someone into lead generation. I'm like, okay, but right now you don't quite know what's working. So unless we're going to go play top dollar for some like digital marketing absolute pro, do you think we might be just abdicating here? Like we were having a whole conversation around like why she was wanting to hire that role and was that the right role? And 
I'm not saying you need to be the expert in everything because clearly that's what we can outsource and get experts in for. But if you're going to bring someone into your business full time, like my opinion is that you have a good understanding, particularly if you're the one training them, you have a good understanding of what like is going okay and working and what they need to focus on. And we're not just bringing someone in and being like, this doesn't work, sort it out. Because I I, I love that that you... Absolutely. I love that you brought that up. I actually, many, many years ago, not in this space at all, but I was, it was more the online technology and doing like business, online training, online marketing, you know, many, many years ago, but I had this one client and I, I guess you could say I was more of his like his like tech consultant type person at the time. But, you know, he said, oh, this company's trying to sell me into this program. And it, you know, it was kind of like SEO and advertising and all these things. And He's like, well, you just look at the contract for me. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but from a, what are they, what is he getting obligated to? What does it get included in that kind of thing? So I, I read it and he's like telling me about it. But what I said to him is, okay, you just got your website up, you know, like in the last 30 days. I said, you're ask, you're asking, they're asking you to commit to something, but you don't have measurable uh, data yet because it takes at the time, especially this is years ago. You need, you need your Google Analytics to to show you what are you getting organically before they're going to say, Oh, you're getting all these leads, but you don't even know what your baseline is prior to working with them. And I said, I don't think this is a good idea. You know, you need one, hold off. And two, you need to know some information prior to jumping into something with somebody because you'll never know if that's what actually gave you right this business or if you would have gotten that on your own. And then what are they adding to it? But it's similar to what you're saying, which is, you do have to have a basic understanding of these things. And like you said, if you don't know what's working or not working, you can definitely get advice from somebody. You can definitely try to understand it better. But to your point, you can't farm it out to somebody else. And then you're like, but I'm only getting this many leads. I'm only, well, we have to, it has to work before we can give it to somebody and actually be successful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's such a good point. Completely agree. And sometimes we just think of like silver bullet solutions, like someone else is going to be better. And I wonder often if that's the critical block playing up, thinking, thinking someone else is better when really you do know what you're doing. No one is, look, I come from a background of employee ownership and, and I am all about creating like owners within a business and Uh all that stuff. But honestly, no one is going to care or do the hours or commit to your business and understand it, the detail of you. I have the most dedicated, incredible team members who will bend over backwards and do anything to support the business and understand it brilliantly. But ultimately, no one's neck is on the line other than yours. Right. Mm. And it comes to the crunch. And so when when you're going to bring someone in, you've got to think like, okay, am I putting, am I about to put like lead generation? Am I about to put this huge part of my business success Mm -hmm or sales conversion, it could be anything like delivery, yeah. client results. Right. I'm about to give this whole bit of someone to someone else. Am I already happy with what's happening to role model it for them? Right. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. So tell me, what else would you share with, um, you know, the audience just about, you know, how do we, you know, how do we blend, you know, our life and our business so that it really does, it is what we really truly want, you know, and what else would you say that we haven't already shared already, you know, about how do we step into that or how do we keep changing it? Because that will look different over time, depending on what season we're in. Well, I first just want to say, like, give yourself permission, whatever the situation you've got at home, but give yourself permission to have help. Often Mm -hmm. I hear 
you know, women, but this isn't just women. I work with men as well who have the same scenario or single parents who feel like they, everything falls down to them. We don't have to do everything alone. You can get help in all different guises. Mm-hmm. And to start with, that was like my mother-in-law. That was my mom helping me with childcare. I'm from a very traditional farming family where typically, you know, even in this, maybe not quite so now, but like my mom's generation is like mm-hmm. women stay at home. They cook all the meals. Mm-hmm. They look after the children. So she gave up her career to have us four. And my dad then had all the financial pressure on him to support us. Yeah. And I grew up believing, oh, you could be a great mummy or you could earn great money. And I wanted mm-hmm. to blend them both. Yep. But I can only do that because I have incredible home help as well as incredible team help. And it started at home because I knew my value was better spent in the business to start with. So I released 10 hours at home. Then it was 12 hours. Then it was 15 hours. And I built slowly. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I have 50 something hours at home. And I feel proud that I can say, you know, my some food prep's done for me, like my shopping's done for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends would find, used to find that very strange, but I own that. And now people say like, not, you know, we don't need to be superwoman. We don't have to do all of the things. So right. my advice is like, you can achieve anything you want to achieve, but you will struggle on your own. So start thinking, even if you're really early on in business, let's be proactive about this. How, who would you first have help you? Is it a cleaner? Is it childcare? Is it an admin assistant, a virtual yeah. assistant? Yeah. Who is it? Is it a bookkeeper? Yeah. And even if you right now can't justify it, set a set a goal, like not mm-hmm. just a time goal. Like how are you going to know that you yes. can afford it? Uh-huh. Because too often we wait until it's all too late and then we make a decision based under loads of pressure. And I want you to be proactive. So yeah. whatever that is next for you. So I have it all the time in my in my business, like what's next coming up. So we've just taken on a Facebook ads manager. Well, again, and also to do some tech stuff. And I'm about to have a personal assistant as well as, anyway, some changes happening because one of my team members is having a baby. Uh But we plan ahead and think like, what does this mean? What does this change to the budgets? What does this mean for task lists? What does this mean for Sky? What does it now I have to think about what it means for everyone else as well, but be proactive. No Mm -hmm. one makes good decisions under pressure when they're reactive. Yeah. Well, two things I want to just mention there. One is, I mean, that's the thing. And I think we forget because we, like you said, we operate kind of on default sometimes and we forget time is our most precious resource. So if you really look at, okay, I only have this many hours in a day and in a week, what is my highest priority of what I want to spend my time on, you know, both personally and professionally. And and then you're going to find you're going to run out of time, right? So then you've, you've got to decide, you know, as that changes, what am I going to give up? And it's usually the things like you said, you don't like doing, and there's all, all of us have something at home. We don't like doing, I'm the same as you. I quit doing laundry a while ago. We don't have someone doing it, but either my kids or my, my kids are older. My kids or my husband deal with it. Like I won't, I just, I boycotted it. I was like, Nope, no more. Like I do plenty of other things, you know, around here. I said, not for me, but I think, so that was the first thing is time is our most precious resource. So if we really think about it like that, and we start realizing my time is my most valuable thing. Who do I want to spend it with and how do I want to spend it? Right. And that's when you start realizing where can I, where can I get rid of some things or can I give it to someone else? And then uh, the other thing you were talking about, I think you're so right. It is important to kind of, it's just like our strategy or planning. When would you bring someone in? Right. When would you, you know, or when would someone else, the professional, for instance, 
like in podcasting, you know, which we're both doing now, podcast art. So many people talk about that. You could go do it on your own, but they're like, but why? You can pay somebody $50 or $150 to do a professional piece of podcast art for you. And, you know, it's done in like two days. It's like that, right? Like there's so many options now available to us. Why wouldn't you use the professional? Because you know, then you get the high quality. It's the right resolution, right? All these other things. Usually they give you all the other stuff with it, you know, other graphics. So I think it's just such a good example, you know, that you're like, okay, just figure out the things that you don't want to do or that you shouldn't be doing because you're not the best at that and then let them do it. What about energy? I want to talk about that for a minute while we're still on. You know, I think that that's, that's, are you finding that's a big pitfall? People, because they're doing work, maybe they shouldn't be doing as they're growing. I mean, of course I get it from day one, you might not be able to have all that, you know, that, that team, Yeah, absolutely. but we're draining our energy because we're spending so much time on the wrong things possibly. Yeah, the wrong things. And I also see the energy being used up in um, over-analyzing, over-researching and not making decisions. So that critical block coming up again, saying like, mm-hmm. oh, but this might not be quite right or weigh these yeah. things up. And I, this is what I fall into a lot um, when it comes to like, what's my podcast going to be called? Actually, I made a decision pretty quickly on that one, but things that perceive a perception is that this is a really big deal, but actually mm-hmm. it's, it's probably not a big deal. You just need to decide right. It's not going to be right or wrong. Just move on. Decide, take action, move on. Yep. So that that I see sucking up people's energy. And I see a real difference to those people who just do the thing that they're most scared of early in the morning and just get it done versus those people who slog it out to the end of the day and then finally get around to that thing and half do it and then feel really annoyed themselves and wait, go to bed feeling you know un- unworthy and you know, I'm grumpy. So action will absolutely give you clarity. Action will get 100%. you results. All about action. Oh, I just wrote that down. I said, like, I mean, a lot of people say this, but clarity comes from messy action, right? It really does. And, you know, the thing is, is like you're talking about, even with my podcast, the name's probably going to change this season, all the things. It doesn't matter. I just had to start it when I did and said, get it out there. You'll, things will change. You'll, you'll tweak, you'll pivot and that's Okay. But you don't want to wait. You know, you don't want to test it for so long that then you four months have passed and you have no progress to show for it. You know, so that's that's the first thing. Like you said, you got to put things out there. You got to test it, but you got to actually show it to people. You know, or get feedback or get clients in order to know what's working and what's not. You know, so I think that's really important. Um, Oh, I love it. So, any last things you want to leave us with um, before we wrap up and find out how people can connect with you online? I would just say that you know can always make more money. And even if you're sat there going, yeah, but my income isn't consistent. We can make more money. You have the ability to make more money. You don't have the ability to make more time. And the thing that wakes me up in the morning is that, that, that moment where you realize that the person you're working with is this potential they have. They're finally like, it's coming out of them that, that little glowing ember is turning to a brazing fire. That's what it's all about for me. It's like, Mm -hmm. you've got an absolute talent within you you can do it. Back yourself. No one is going to hand this to you on a plate, but go for it because you can do it. Mm, I love it. Oh, Sky, thank you so much for being with us today. How can people connect with you online, learn about your podcast and all the things you have going on? Oh, well, our podcast is called Full Freedom for Entrepreneurs with Sky Barber. And you can find that on any streaming platform. Um, And I would love for you to come and see what that's all about. But I also, if those freedom blocks have kind of interested you and you're thinking, oh, which one is mine? I do have a free quiz, which you can take on my website, 
www.skybarber.com forward slash quiz. Let me know the results. I'm active in my DMs on Insta or Facebook. Come and say hi. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, I love how Sky has designed her life. She's designed it to work for her so that she can work in her business when she's working and grow her business, grow her revenue. And when she's not working, she can be fully present for her family. I love it. And I think it's just such a great example of how she's doing that. She gave such good tidbits and knowledge and how she's helping her clients. And I think there's so many takeaways here that you can apply to your own life. And I just want to share these words with you to wrap it up. Mark Batterson says in Chase the Lion, you are one idea, one risk, one decision away from a totally different life. Of course, it'll probably be the toughest decision you ever make, the scariest risk you ever take. But if you, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. Oh, I love that. And I would just say, just like where um, Sky found herself in her retail career, she realized that it didn't align with the life that she imagined for herself so that she was more available to her kids. She had more flexibility and that she was in control of her income and the hours she worked and kept. So I would just encourage you, what is that one thing, that one decision, that one risk, that one change you could make that could completely change your life as you move forward? Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, We would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Kristen Fitch. And let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you.